Um, and I'm going to be joined um, on, on the stage in a moment by some friends. Um, as we continue the conversation that we've been having the last few weeks um, about this, this word that we're using, rootfulness, to describe, um, I guess, a state of being in a place where, where we have strong roots in our relationship with God. We feel connected to him. And through those roots, we find strength um, and we find nourishment um, as, as a tree does from its own natural roots. Uh, those are things that we find in relationship with, with, with Jesus. And um, over the last few weeks, if you haven't seen the talks, I would encourage you to, to, to check out some of the previous talks. We started off by looking at, at this idea of being rooted in Christ. Ultimately, the Bible tells us that we have access to the Father through the Son. And it's through Jesus that we, that we ha share in an inheritance of being part of God's family. So we're rooted in Christ. We also looked at how we are rooted together. You might remember that picture um, that John shared a few weeks ago of um, like m mighty redwood trees having this incredible strength because the root network of those trees is interconnected and that being rooted together gives them strength and it's like that for us as the church. Um, we've looked at the idea of strong roots, These, um, the, the fact that in, in, through Jesus, as I said, we have access to the Father, access to being part of his family relationship with him um, the strongest roots that we could possibly imagine in the universe are not something that we grow in our own strength but something that we inherit from 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 jesus um, and we also looked at this idea of of being rooted in love and debbie shared about that uh, i think last week it was just so good to hear about that that ultimately um jesus you know remember that passage in john 15 where jesus talks about remaining in the vine and ultimately it's about he, it lands with us with the, with the encouragement and the exhortation to love one another from that being rooted in the love of Jesus. So we're going to um, continue today um, to look at the idea of deep roots. And um, we're going to be getting practical as we welcome our guests. They're going to give us some tips about how we can deepen our roots and our relationship with God. And, um, you know, um, I, know, I don't know about you, but I know for, for many people at the moment, with all of the turbulence, all of the, the sort of challenges that we're facing at the moment, one of the questions that we might be asking ourselves is, you know, are my roots uh, deep enough? Are my roots strong enough um, to get through this time? But I want to suggest, as we have this conversation today, that actually um, this season is an opportunity for our roots to deepen and to strengthen. I was really struck by um, a picture that somebody shared with me um, about trees and the way that their roots grow. Apparently, um, back in the 90s, um, there was a, a, a very big ambitious um, experiment where um, in America where they built a massive uh, biosphere, a massive biodome, a bit like the Eden Project in Cornwall, essentially a massive greenhouse where they tried to build kind of a self-contained ecosystem. Um, the project uh, ran into various problems, um, but one of those problems was that the trees got to a certain height and they lacked stability, they lacked strength. And it took them a while to figure it out, but eventually they realized that it was the lack of wind that because there was no wind, um, it was the wind that was the thing that actually um, moving the tree around was the thing that actually stimulated the roots to drive down deep and for what's called stress wood to develop in the tree uh, where it can have strength. And so I just want to encourage all of us to see this time and all of this turbulence, perhaps not as, uh, as, as the challenges, um, but actually as an opportunity to drive down our roots. And God will use um, the challenges that we're facing 
thing to help us drive down closer to him. So that's the sort of abstract theory, but you guys, we're going to talk, um, I'm going to welcome um, some friends now, and we're going to talk about some of the practice of this. And so I'm really delighted um, that we've got Gav and Ali Courtney here with us uh, this morning, and we've also got Caroline Riley. Now these are all, these are, we're talking about deep roots, these are three deep people, uh, but, uh, <laughs> but they're also fun people, so it's going to be a fun time that we're going to have together. Um, Caroline, um, well, they're all leaders in the life of the church. Caroline led small groups and loads of other things over the years. And you're, a big, you're big into coaching, yes. mentoring, and uh, just passionate about discipleship in general, Very aren't you? So. And yes. people walking into their potential. Yes, love that. And then Gavin Ali, um, if you don't know, if you don't know those guys, uh, Gavin Ali actually oversee, um, as, alongside le leading in various different ways, they oversee something called the Hub, which is a program where we've got about is about fifty leaders on the Hub. About or something that, like that. 50, 60, yeah. Fifty or sixty leaders in the life of the church who are looking to kind of push on and grow in their leadership. Gavin Ali coordinate that program as well as um, a whole bunch of students who study theology through the Vineyard Institute Distance Learning, and mm -hmm. you guys coordinate that from Trent. And similarly, there's quite a few folks involved in that. Is that right? Yeah, about 50 or so in the last year or two. Yeah. Brilliant. And so they're pas you're passionate about discipleship, passionate about people growing in their relationship with Jesus. Um, Ali is actually on staff here as part of the small groups team. Um, and Gav, um, something that you may not know about Gav is if you've ever signed up for an event at church um, <laughs> or got an email from us or a text message or anything like that, you've got Gav to thank for it um, because Gav is the designer and the founder of, um, of something called Church Suite, um, which is a database. In fact, Gav built the very first database that we ever had as a church 15 years ago or 20, 20 years ago when, you know, when computers were first invented. And, uh, <laughs> and then since then, he's developed this piece of software, which is slightly off topic. But Gav, how many churches use the software that your company, the Church Suite? Uh, 2,200, something like that. 2,200 churches. Yeah. And I just wanted to mention that and, and just celebrate that that's somebody um, and there's others um, who are part of our church who, who work for Church Suite. And in this time where so many people are disconnected and churches are trying to, you know, remain connected with their people and stay family, there are 2,200 churches around the world that are using that piece of software that's been brilliantly designed. And so just want to celebrate that. It's brilliant. I'm sure there are other church database <laughs> softwares available, there, but uh, it's, that one's the best. Anyway, guys, we're going to um, we're going to talk about deep roots, and um, you guys. One of the things that we we've, we've got a few things that we're going to run through, and the first one that you thought would be really helpful to talk about is this idea of community. Community, yes, definitely. I think what you were saying about um, John's talk on rootedness and the rooted together and that sense of um, roots under the surface, people holding each other up during hard times has been really true for us at Trent. Um, we've been here about 15 or so years and yeah, by being on teams, by being in small groups, uh, just getting to know people, serving at events and things like that. We just met a really great group of people who have been there for us. And then God has grown us loads by us being there for them when it's been hard times as well. And this idea of community is one that we find like God himself, Father, Son and Holy Spirit exists in community. Uh, it, it's exactly what Jesus did as well. Jesus gathered 12 people as his disciples and he journeyed with them as community. And, uh, and one of the things that I've loved so much from community and have appreciated from it is just being able to learn from other people how they themselves meet with God. You know, just like the disciples, you know, they all had goes at casting out demons, at preaching and teaching. And I'm sure there would have been conversations between them of, 
oh, that worked well, or that didn't work well. How did you do that? You know, we get to do that when we exist within community. I look at other people who are so much more kind of advanced in prayer than I am, at people who are so much more dedicated to meditation and silence and solitude than I am. And I have so much that I can learn from them, that rich kind of tapestry of community is, is something that I know we have both gained so, so much from over the years. That's brilliant. And um, I notice this is something that you guys, in practice, you've always, whatever you're doing, you're always looking to gather people, whether it's theology, small group, leadership development stuff, you're always looking to, mm. to gather people around you um, and engage in community. Obviously, that's something that's challenging at the moment. Um, how, have you, how, how have you practically Push, continue to push into that in this time? Yeah, I think we've had a high value on accountability actually for a long time um, for our own benefit and but also for other people because there's so many times when you don't necessarily want to go to small group or you don't want to go to church or you don't want to do the thing that, you've, uh, that you know would be best for you. So for us, when we gather people around us and say, let's do this together or commit and say, do you know what? We're gonna to go to small group every week or we're gonna be a family that goes to church every week. Then when you don't want to, because you've kind of got that accountability, you think, well, no, this is the right thing to do and we're gonna do it. And when you place that stake in the ground and say, this is who I'm gonna be, yeah. others, when they don't see you being like that, they're able to, to kind of bring that element of challenge, which only exists within community. So it's just so, so important for us. Yeah, that idea of account accountability, I, I, I'll confess that, um, you know, like the Bible app, things where you yeah. can you can read the bible with with other people um and then they can see if you've actually read the bible that day or you know logged into the thing and i'll have to confess that there have been times when my sort of initial motivation has been i need to to, to click that button so that people can see that i haven't um shirked it today yeah. um but then god is gracious and by the end of the time when i've actually engaged with the, with the bible you know i found what i needed to in it and uh, engaged with it in a more sort of um helpful way yeah. so yeah i think the accountability thing is helpful particularly at times spurring one another on and you were talking about this as well caroline weren't you it's 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 impossible in isolation it's impossible in isolation absolutely you know i've been here at trent for coming up 17 years and there have been times in my life where you know it's been a rocky road and without the support from people in either in small group or leaders in the church or or, or even just friends i've met in other teams they've been praying for you, stood by you in these events. And, and in order to be receiving that, you also need to be intentional to be giving it to others as well. Brilliant. Mm. So, so um, community, that's the first thing that we, mm. we thought was really helpful. Um, and then we were talking when we were chatting the other day about consistency. Consistency was the second thing. Very much so. Uh, you know, we live in a world where everything is instant. I mean, how many of us were, were rocked when we didn't get the instant results of the elections this week in America? Mm. You know, even our garden makeover programs, you know, they plant these trees which are fully grown. And what they don't tell us is that for that tree to survive, for that tree to be rooted, it needs to be watered, it needs to be fed. And that is the same with our relationship with, with God. You know, he loves us. And when somebody loves us and we're in love with them, we want to spend time with them. We want to know their values. We want to know everything about them. And we can only do that by intentionally spending daily, which is what I would do, spend daily time with him, reading my Bible, doing things like the, the Bible app, 
there'll be other ways of doing things that suit my personality, like um, listening to music, listening to worship music, you know, having a little jig in the house sometimes if I'm on my own, going for walks, and particularly this time of year when you've got the beautiful colours of the trees and in Woolerton Park or wherever, and you can see the glory of God there. But, but it calls for us to make that decision, as, as you were saying, yeah. you may not feel like it, but if I want to know about God who loves me, then I have to intentionally pick up my Bible, read a verse, read whatever in order to grow. Picking up books that you can read, like the wonderful Joyce Meyer. Yeah. Got to love a bit of Joyce Meyer. Love a bit of Joyce Meyer, you know, because she speaks into people's situations. She's not for everyone. Other people might want something more deep and, and more theological, whereas somebody like me, other Christian authors like Joyce, Tim Keller. Yeah. They, they... So, and do you think that's part of it um, <clears throat> that, that you mentioned that, you know, different people um, connect with with God in, in different ways. Um, I've heard people use the language of like spiritual pathways. Um, and there's perhaps an argument that, that if you're trying to sort of like go tra traffic a spiritual pathway that isn't naturally your preference, then the consistency is going to be hard. Whereas if you find your sweet spot, if you find the place yeah. where you naturally connect with God, that's going to be, that's going to be easier. Is that I would very much agree with that. It's, it's very much about finding what fits with your personality, what fits with you. You know, it, it would be useless asking me, particularly at the beginning of my journey, my walk with God, to spend time in meditation and silence because, you know, I'm not somebody who readily sits with my thoughts um, on my own. I, I prefer to share them with everybody who cares to listen. <laughs> <laughs> um, However, during this particular season that we are in, I have found that I have grown into silence and being still. Other people might um, connect with God through art, through being creative, through music, through writing music, through writing poetry. It's what, how you feel that you're able to express that love in, in your way. Have you guys found that with the, with the sort of the different pathways to, mm. to consistency? Definitely. There are some that I think, oh, goodness, no, this is not the way that I'm going to meet with God best. It's going to be a struggle. And uh, for us, there's a kind of intellectual pathway, I guess you would call it. So, yeah, someone who meets God best through learning and studying. And so I've, I took me a while to realise that, that that was a valid way of meeting with God. But actually, it really, like, I just love learning and love reading. So for us, that's been really, really helpful. And I think for me, one of the uh, resources that really helped with this idea of spiritual pathways is there's a book by Gary Chapman. Um, and, and in it, he, he just outlines about seven or eight different ways. And having read that, I was like, yes, I am, I am someone who intellectually meets with God. Mm. And um, uh, you know, to quote another book, um, John Bryce talks about um, atomic habits a few times. And the, the author in there says, with every action you take, you're casting a vote for the kind of person you want to become. And I am someone who wants to know more about God's word. I want to understand it. I want to spend time in it. Mm. And so um, that idea of, okay, I've got all of these actions available to me in a day. I'm going to continue to cast my vote of being someone who understands God's word. Mm. That's where I'm going to be more deeply rooted in him, understanding what he says. And so the idea of picking up a, um, a, a book, and a theological book, or watching a, a sermon, watching a theology lecture or something like that, is something that really helps me to be able to do that. Um, and so there's, you know, there's Definitely various... not for everyone. It's, no, it's absolutely not for everyone. But we can be weird together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it'd be great in a second to talk about that, the sort of, like, 
the study, the academic, the intellectual sort of side of going deeper. Um, but um, just before we do, in terms of that sort of habitual thing, um, achieving consistency through through establishing habits, I don't know if you guys got anything to share on that one. I personally feel like um, in this time, a lot of my habits that I did have have been kind of disrupted. So, for example, for me, intercession prayer, where you're, you know, um, um, asking God to 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 do something, coming to Him with requests, um, that was something that I had a bit of a habit where I would do my intercession prayer on the bike on the way to work, um, and um, and obviously haven't been cycling to work, and I've yeah. and it took me a few weeks to realise that habit has dropped off now and I've had to sort of rebuild it into mm. another part of my life. I don't know if you guys have, have had any experiences of that kind of thing, the habitual side of stuff. Yes, yeah. definitely. <laughs> yes, so some things that, that, that I would do, very much like you were saying, that the habitual stuff of intercessory prayer for people have dropped off, but what has come in place is that being and getting to know God just for who he is, rather than necessarily what I might want to get from him. Yeah. And, and that has been equally as valid. Yeah. I think for me, I, I would say that I have identified that there's, for me, it's about, I need to spend about half an hour um, mm. in a quiet time with God early in the morning. And one of the things that changed during lockdown was the kids were up. Yes. And, and actually, they, they, yes, were, they, were. they were in my time. <laughs> and, and so I was like, how am I going to deal with this? And so, so for, for a period of a while, I don't know how long it was, I, I was like, actually, you know, my quiet time was suffering. But actually, I just felt like God was whispering to me and saying, well, if, if that's what you need to meet with me, then I just need you to get up 15 minutes earlier. Yeah. And that felt like a real sacrifice at the time. But having made that change, it's like, oh, I, I feel more whole in myself now that I've kind of restored that element of relationship with my father. Brilliant. So let's move on to, you mentioned um, sort of like the stud, going deeper through studying mm. uh, theology. I think at that point, the sort of like viewers probably dropped off by about 15% <laughs> because it's not everybody's cup of tea. Um, so um, what, how, how has that made a difference to you? Um, I think for me, the more I understand about God, the more I fall in love with him. So I'm just a, quite an information-based person. Like I would watch a quiz or something like that for fun. Yep. Um, so for me, learning information is just really important in all aspects of my life. So again, with God, like if I learn about him, I, I, I love what I learn about him. Just like someone going on a walk and looking at a flower or a sunset would fall more in love with God because of his... Uh, creation. So for me, that's how that's how it works. Yeah. In terms and, of resources. Uh, well, I, yeah, that was one. Of, I guess there are some people who, you know, when they think about sort of Bible study and theology, think about big books oh, yes. that, that, that sort of quite intimidating. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, and it's all Greek. Like, you know, the mention of Greek is like, oh, gosh, I don't know where to start with all of that stuff. So perhaps for people, there are some people who love the intellectual side of stuff, but mm. for perhaps people who aren't in that place, baby steps that people could take, and, and will it be a benefit to them? Yeah, There's definitely. resources at every single different yeah. level. Um, some, some things that come to mind are uh, the Bible Project, the website, which is just uh, you know, short videos, uh, a few minutes, introducing every different book of the Bible and, and what's happening at that point in history and, mm. and, and how to understand it. Um, there's other things like, uh, for, for perhaps more seasoned Christians, you absolutely loved reading how to read the Bible for all yeah. it's worth. Um, just kind of an accompaniment to understanding the Bible as you're reading through it. 
Um, and if you're kind of exploring faith, there's a, a great book by um, an author called Tim Keller, not Tim Keller, Philip Yancey. Um, and his book is called Just Wondering. And it's, it's 44 different, it's like three or four page chapters, just exploring different ideas of Christianity and, and where do they find their basis. And so I think for anyone, there's such a wide range of resources available. Bible Project, How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth, or Yancey's Just Wondering, brilliant resources. And Tim Keller, let's be honest. Oh, yeah, you can't really go wrong <laughs> yeah, with Keller. There's so much out there. Yeah, what about you, Caroline? What have you found helpful with this sort of stuff? I, I, I'm not somebody who will lean towards the academic, the theological side, because it is literally all Greek to me. So, as, as mentioned, the wonderful Joyce Meyer, but also there are other books um, by authors who they're perhaps telling, encouraging you in your faith, and they have little snippets as well. So yeah. Tim Keller is brilliant. Um, John Mark Comer really spoke to me about rest and and intentionally having rest within yeah. your week. Um, there are other authors um, during this particular period that we're in. There was obviously the, the murder of George Floyd and this guy called um, Samuels, I can't remember, he's, he's Saul Samuels, I think it was. He wrote this fantastic book, which actually got us all black and white to, to consider our inner Pharisee and how we should be working together because, you know, scripturally, we are all one in Christ. And that was quite a challenge for yeah, me. That's, yeah, that's really helpful, isn't it? Because I think that, that whole issue is one where a lot of Christians have, have been responding to that and thinking, I've got this kind of emotional response mm. to, to what I'm seeing. What is my sort of theological response here? What does the Bible say about, about, about all of this? And, and how can I respond to it in a, in a way that God would have me? And yeah. that's, that's particularly helpful. I think the book um, that you guys mentioned as well, um, How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth, um, is a book where I'm sort of, I'm, you know, work for a church and, and stuff, but I never went to university and did um, a theology degree or anything like that. Um, but that book, it is a bit of an investment to read. It's not like a proper academic book, is it? It's, but it's not sort of easy reading. It's not a... Easy reading. It's I would, not, I would it's, grab a friend that also wants to learn more about the Bible yeah. and read it together. Because but um, but I would say that's the kind of book where you invest maybe a month in reading a book like that um, mm. and you benefit for the rest of your life. I remember reading that book some time ago and um, there's, two, there's this question, these two questions that it says, essentially when you try to interpret the Bible, there's two questions that you should be asking, which are, what did it mean then, then and there? And what does it mean here and now? And those two questions I have found invaluable. I've used those questions in my own personal study or in the preparation of sermons hundreds of times since then. And it's yeah. been, you know, the, the time that I invested in reading that book, has paid dividends many, many times over. So I think, yeah, it's really, really helpful. It, not necessarily super fun and rewarding in the moment, um, but really, really helpful. And if you're intellectual pathway For not. you guys, it's, your, <laughs> it's, it's very yeah. rewarding for me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the other thing you mentioned, this was a curveball when you put it on the list, going deeper through generosity. Why did you add that one on, guys? I think for us, if, as, as Caroline mentioned, if our um, roots are found in relationship with God, then anything that we do that develops trust and understanding of who God is and how he works with us um, deepens those roots and strengthens mm -hmm. them. So for us, when we've heard God ask um, us to be generous, so that might be with our time, with our energy, with our money, mm -hmm. uh, and then we've actually been courageous and done the thing he's asked us to do, 
we found that we've had feedback. We found out it's blessed somebody. Um, there's been like fruit from that. And then we think, oh, that was God asking us to do that. And then when we hear his voice again, we do it again. And then we see good stuff come from it. We don't always see the outcome of your generosity. But often when you put time into something or energy, so serving on a team, something like that, then good stuff happens. And yeah. that's helped us recognize his voice. That's just strengthened our trust in him. Definitely, definitely. And I think it's those, it's those times when, you know, sometimes you feel like, gosh, I don't feel like I've got a load of time right now, but actually that's going to be what I will, I'll offer. Yes, I'll sign up and I'll, I'll help on a course or I'll serve at an event or something like that. And, and you don't feel like there's loads that you have in the moment, but, but actually God's positioned you either for you to be a blessing to someone else, yeah. which, which strengthens your faith in him of, oh, I now know why I'm serving here. Or actually you receive from someone else at that event or that course or whatever. And again, that's just God putting something into you. So um, yeah, it's it, it sometimes you don't necessarily feel like you have plenty and you're giving out of, gen generously out of what you already have loads of, but actually just responding with what the little the God has, uh, that you feel like you have in that moment. So if people are looking to sort of get into, go deeper with generosity, obviously for some people that might be starting to give financially to the church, um, tithing, the, the, the language that we use, um, and it might involve um, sort of, you know, starting with a, a proportion of their income, um, depending on where they're at. Um, there are other ways that people can be generous as well. Any ideas or any sort of suggestions there that you'd chuck out to people? I mean, there's, yeah, there's so many, yeah, time, energy, money, like those are the, the obvious ones. Um, I, I think it's just, it's, it's basically putting yourself in a place of saying, God, I, I have stuff. Yeah. What would you like me to do with it? Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, it could be. So starting from that place of acknowledging none of this stuff is mine. So yeah. what do you want me to do with it, God? Yeah, and God use me. Yeah, love it. Brilliant. If you think it's a bit weird, if you feel like God's asking you to do something that's a bit out there, it's probably God. Yeah. Try it, do it. Yeah. And then... See what happens. Great, great, brilliant. Love that, love that. I'm tempted to say any stories of, of fun <laughs> ones, but we, we, we don't want to run out of time. If we have time at the end, we'll, we'll squeeze that in. Um, and then we also wanted to talk about um, going deeper through, through self-awareness. I was really struck by uh, in a conversation with a friend this week where they were talking about just their prayers at this time. And um, they said, they said something along the lines of the way I'm sort of challenging myself in prayer at the moment is to just pray, ask myself, what is the most honest prayer that I could pray to God? Um, and um, I can't remember exactly how it went, but they gave an example. They said like, so the other day I, I started by saying, Lord, I'm anxious. Um, and then they challenged myself to go, if I'm, if I'm more honest than that, I'm actually um, angry about what's going on at the moment. And actually they challenged themselves further and they were like, and actually, Lord, if I'm honest further, I'm, I'm angry. I feel angry with you at the moment. Mm. And, they, and they found that, you know, eventually as they got more and more honest with themselves, they eventually found themselves in a place where they were being completely vulnerable with God. And they came to the realization that in that place, um, God, God knew it all anyway. He knew it all anyway. And he loves me anyway. And so that journey of self-awareness had led them into a place of deep intimacy with God. Um, I love that. But you, that was something that you were interested about, wasn't it, Carol? Yes. I, what I have found is that my relationship with God has often gone deeper in those times when life has been hard, when 
you've been praying for someone who's ill and they've died and you believe in healing, when you believe that God is your provider, but you, you don't know how he's going to do it for you, you believe he'll do it for other people. When you have doubts, when even on occasions you might even question, does God really love me? Or, or is it that I'm not quite good enough and I need to keep striving so that I can hit that mark? And it's in those times when you've done, you, you know, you, you've been praying regularly, you've been reading your Bible, so you have a resource, you have a, a, almost a reservoir of, of scripture, of encouragement to draw on. And even when you don't feel like you're barely holding on, God's holding on to you. Because part of that journey and part of the journey that you've described with your friend is that it sheds all the stuff that isn't of God so that you, after focusing on him for his love, for who he is, and that's what you hold on to. And it's not purely about, God, this is what I want. I want you to do this or God, give me this gift, which are good things in themselves, but it's sometimes useful to want the person who gives you the gift, not just the gift. Um, and that has took time to get, to get to that place, but it is a good place. And it's, yeah, you're there and you know that you know, your circumstances haven't changed. Yeah. But you just know that you know that you know that God's in control. I love God's it. God's in love charge. It. That is, we are there. We're deep. We're in a deep place there. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for taking us there, Caroline. Lovely. So, guys, well, we could probably talk um, longer, um, but um, but we, 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 we're going to move on. Thank you so much, though. And, um, you know, reach out to these guys if you want to follow up, ask some questions. Um, and, um, and, and maybe in the coming days, think of one of those things, consistency, community, um, maybe a step deeper in study generosity or on the journey of self-awareness would encourage you to to push into one of those things and think what could i do lord how could you lead me into a deeper place guys thank you so much for sharing